Hey everybody, I'm Jason, your host of Let Freedom Reign, an equine industry leading podcast that talks to folks from all different walks of life who share their testimony of adversities and perseverance and how the horse has helped them through their journey. Stay tuned. We're going to have a great time. Come along for the ride. Welcome everybody to another week here at Let Freedom Reign podcast. This week, we're going to roll back to our Life Enrichment series titled A Little More Rain, and we feature Josh Rushing, who was originally featured in episode 72 of Let Freedom Rain podcast. In this episode, we're going to focus on horsemanship, specifically the idea of using mechanics or a mechanical approach to training and how you introduce feel and develop feel in the rider. Now, I try to keep these ALMR episodes to about 30 minutes, but as Josh and I develop this content, this is a conversation that could have gone on for hours. To learn more about Josh, go back and listen to episode 72. You can follow him on Instagram at Shuinar Horsemanship, and that's S-H-O-E dot N dot R underscore horsemanship. You can find him on Facebook as well under Joshua Rushing. Now, should you find the content of this episode valuable, please share it with a friend. Additionally, your five-star ratings and reviews on the podcast platform of your choice will mean the world to us. You can find us on both Facebook and Instagram under Let Freedom Reign Podcast. We hate to keep you all waiting any longer. Here is our conversation with extreme cowboy, Josh Rushing. Well, Josh Rushing, I'd like to welcome you back to the show, previously featured in episode 72, and we're going to tie one on here for an episode of A Little More Rain. How's things been over there at R? Oh, man, we've had a great year. Uh, things have slowed down a little bit with this whole Coven 19 stuff. We um, aren't getting to show as much, and then, of course, the Midwest is struggling with that VSV thing uh, right now, so we've had a couple shows canceled because of that, but it's given us a little bit more time here at home and uh, we've been building some pins and kind of expanding our um, our training program a little bit uh, still got big plans for a barn later this fall but uh, been able to get a lot of done here at home and and uh, got some nice training horses in right now so we've been busy been working hard i was gonna say you got a heck of a mule you just put up this morning too yeah yeah that's a, a mule i've had for oh, a little over a year i picked up from a client of mine uh, i call him cadillac crockett big stout black uh, black mule and and I put a little time on him last year and then I let my dad have him and my dad's a big trail rider he travels all over and goes trail riding and, and I wasn't really using the mule I've got some competition horses here and training horses and so it's kind of you know how that goes you oh, yeah. run out of time to ride your own stuff and yep. dad has two nice mules and so he don't really need him but he did enjoy him you know and, mm-hmm. and uh, but don't really need him this year so I think maybe we'll see if we can't find somebody that uh uh, can make he's just too nice a mule to sit around here. Yeah, yeah. I took him to a couple cowboy races, you know, and and got along just fine. He'll do some obstacles, but you know those mules they've got a, they've got a stout self preservation, so oh, they're yeah. not blindly going to go do <laughs> uh, you know a lot of things. And and they really got to trust you. So I spent enough time and and got that mule. The the biggest thing was that water box. Yeah. I think last time we talked, I might have mentioned that it took me mm-hmm. four days mm-hmm. uh, to get that mule in a water box, and you could see in the video. You know, he hadn't, he hadn't seen one in a year. Yeah. And I rode him up that, trotted up that thing, and I'm just, what you see is what you get. You know, yeah. he sure enough stopped, look, ah, uh, yep, okay, I remember this, and then they then ultimately walk through it. But, uh, but no, the first time it took forward one foot, one, I got one foot first day, two feet the second, three feet the third day, and finally <laughs> the fourth day, I got all four feet in that thing. But, yeah, I was going to say, uh, with the mule, there's not uh, any hints or suggestion. It has to be flat conviction uh, for That's them right. to trust and make that move. Yep, 
Absolutely. You're not going to force them to do something yeah. they're not sure yeah. about. Absolutely. Good stuff. So we're going to develop a point that we originally kind of touched on in episode 72, and it's and it's this idea of, of mechanics and mechanical approach to training, but in the same converse, the feel side of that, right? And how mechanical sure. and feel is defined, how it's applied. Um, I think they both have their applications, right? Uh, I think the mechanical right. side when introducing a horse to any number of activities or skills uh, provides the repetition. However, the human needs to start introducing feel into that process and understanding what feel is when, when we start working towards a goal. So I'd like to open the floor for you and kind of give your opinions of mechanic, mechanics and feel and how it, how it integrates into a program. And we'll just uh, see where the conversation goes from there. Sure. No, it sounds great. You know, I think I'll, I think I'll start with mechanically. You know, I think, I think to ride a horse mechanically means that you are physically um, helping them with your cues or your aids, right? So um, in terms of a lead departure, we're, we're picking up an inside rein, we're laying on an outside leg, we're, we're doing everything we physically can to make sure that horse is correct and gets a maneuver. If we're turning a horse around, you know, we're using our hand, we're, you know, and, and maybe we're pulling them, and if we're not careful, you know, especially early on, um, mechanically right that horse doesn't know how to turn around so i got a young horse and i'm teaching i basically am picking up an inside and leading him around in a turn mm-hmm. right and yeah. i'm physically uh, essentially leading or uh, i hope i'm not but sometimes dragging them around in a circle and uh that's me mechanically or physically doing that or or, or essentially doing it for him right and i think if we're not careful sometimes um we get stuck in that mode uh, where we're constantly mechanically helping, constantly uh, fixing, constantly um, trying to make sure our horse doesn't mess up instead of seeking that next step, which is to get out of the way and expect the horse to start to accomplish those maneuvers without as much input or without as much mechanical help, physical help, uh, to get those maneuvers accomplished. Uh, like we talked earlier, you know, at some point, if we're working on lead departures, we have to drop our hand, lay a leg on, expect him to lope off in the correct lead. Yeah. If if I have to twinkle my right eye and twist my left toe and lift my right leg and do all these things to get a lead departure, right? That's mm-hmm. fine for me. I'm a professional, right? I could do all that and chew bubble gum at the same time. But I'm going to hand that horse over to a client that might not be that handy, right? Yeah. That, that yeah. They're in this for the fun of it. They're yeah. an am- you know, maybe they're an amateur or whatever, and it's like they don't want to have to go out there and have a, have to think, you know, nine different things to yeah, get. It's true. It should be simple, right? Yeah. I think we fail um, sometimes as professionals to, to think practically and like, look, this horse needs to, I need to lay a leg on this thing, needs to lope off. Yeah. And it doesn't need to be uh, me physically doing it. And, and I know I'm going to give this horse to a client that, that I need to make it simple and clear for the horse, right? Yeah. So, um so it'll be simple and then clear for the client so they can get the same results or at least close to the same results that I do out of the same horse. Yeah. And I think, I think the mechanical side of things definitely offers a great introduction to, and we'll just use lead departures for the sake of conversation, uh, in this talking point, but, uh, it lays a good, strong foundation in the communication and how you want to communicate with your horse. Uh, I think, and this kind of historically in my experience, uh, Early on when I would work on a lead departure, right, I would kind of take just a little less cue and a little less cue and a little less cue out of every rep, right, as we got better right. and got better. But 
now sitting at the point I'm at, I think I think that could easily be construed from the horse's point as me nitpicking on them or micromanaging them. Whereas right. whereas I've changed my process, my thought process, and we work on that same lead departure. Once I've laid that foundation, that initial communication, right, mechanically help that horse into that departure, and I, I trust that, that horse has somewhat of an understanding of it. We right. go to testing the horse, right, and we go to what that desired response should be, what we're what we're looking at at an end goal, and. Early on, I was afraid, well, gosh, if this horse screws up, it's going to take so much longer to, to fix them. But right. you got to be you got to be willing to make the mistakes because if the horse doesn't make the big mistake, you can't correct them back into showing them what the desired response is. Absolutely. It's so important to let your horse mess up. Yeah. And it's hard for somebody with like yeah. my personality, and yeah. your personality. It's like it's but it's if you don't let them fail. Um, they're never going to understand what the expectation is. You know, if you, you let them, like we talked about an honor circle, I think last time we spoke, correct, you know, if you, you know, say that horse wants to lean to one side or the other of that circle. Well, if you don't let him fall out of that circle pretty big, so then you can pick your hand up and fix it big. Yeah. That's clear. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's, that's, that's black and white for him. Yeah. But you riding around that circle half cocked, trying to hold him in or, or keep him from, falling out of that circle isn't doing him any favors. Yeah. He cannot do a circle without your help. That's what it comes down to. That's a mechanical yeah. horse versus yeah. the horse that operates on feel. Uh, you know, when you put your hand down and see if he's going to honor that circle, I guarantee he falls out. You pick up big, you fix that a couple times. Pretty soon you're going to lope around there with your hand down, relaxed, come around there. He's going to make the decision on his own to stay in that circle. And that's when you start to have a real partner. That's when you have somebody in your corner that's helping you. And when you fall short and you don't make those perfect cues or perfect, you know, when you're not, when you're off your game, you have a horse that could step up and actually help you. Yeah. Carry you through. Carry you through. Or, or, or get on that cow or whatever the case is. I think cow horses are some of the best at it. Right. I mean, especially cutters, right. Cause oh, yeah. they go on there. They get to do their job. There's not enough time for a cutter to dictate what the maneuver needs to be to that horse. So that wow. horse is absolutely operating on his own. Now, that's not always practical when you go out, you know, and do other sports or um, other things, right? But that's mm-hmm. like the ultimate, mm-hmm. you know, go out there, put your hand down, and, yeah. and those horses, you know, they know their job. Yeah, and I think allowing that horse to make the mistake, making the, the we'll say, the big mistake, right? Yeah. It in my opinion, and correct me if this is wrong in your experience, in my opinion, it helps better clearly define the expectations because when we're in that honor circle, right, and you're nitpicking that horse, maybe they're a stride off or a stride in, right? And you're nitpicking it. It almost creates anxiety for the horse in that circle, right? It's it's too much input for them versus, hey, we wander five, six, seven strides out of that circle and make a big move back to it. Uh, yep. Now it's like, oh, okay, good. Life is good here in this circle, but when I wander off this way, it's not good. Versus, okay, my left foot is here, my right foot is here, my left foot is here, my right foot is here, and yep. I, I don't know. That's just that's just how you know, I, I, I have experienced agree, it. Because I mean, it, it gets to be miserable and yeah. calls them up. Yeah, they start to your your cues start to mean less and less. The mm-hmm. more you go around there and pick, pick, touch, pick, pick, touch, or hold. Even mm-hmm. I mean, most of us. There's a lot of us, and I say us. I don't necessarily have this problem at this point, but I have had so. So when I say we, I, I mean, it's it's inclusive. Uh, you know, some of us go around there and hold them in the circle the whole time and don't even realize it. Yeah, yeah. We're just laying, maybe we're laying an outside rain or we're just barely, yeah. and, and you know as well as I do, it does not take, it takes ounces 
for that horse to feel, yeah. you know, especially if you've had him with a good trainer and stuff. It, they know the weight. I mean, we carry big old weighted leather reins is what we can. And so they know they can feel you lift that. Yeah. You don't even have to necessarily make contact, but it means something to them. So a lot of us are going around there, just kind of hold them in that circle. And then the heck, the second we drop that, those few, well, then they start wanting to get lost. Yeah. The other horse is like, hey, I don't know where I'm at. I don't know what I'm doing. Nobody's true. dictating it's anything true. to me. What's going on? I think that's a great segue, though, right? So we've, we've laid a little foundation on the mechanical portion of it and its function. And now we're talking about folks that might ride ride the reins, right? They balance the reins or they inadvertently cue that horse. So right. in your opinion, how do you instruct, how do you help an individual through to start to develop the feel portion of this skill set um, after we've laid the foundation with the mechanical component? So one of my favorite statements is back to zero or back to neutral or, you know, I, I usually say it about five different ways till, mm-hmm. till it clicks, you know, with, it depends yeah. on who I'm riding yeah. with. I've got a um, the buck, buck horse that I, I won Calgary on the, the gentleman that owns him. I finally made the statement back to zero. Bob would ride this horse in such a way that, um, he would pick up to cue or for a maneuver or lead departure or whatever it is. And he would give back some. So in his mind, he was giving back everything, but he really wasn't. Yeah. He was given a little, right? He'd lift his hand up, get the departure or whatever. And he would, he would drop his hand. Uh, ever so slightly. And so in Bob's mind, he was like, man, you know, I'm doing exactly what you told me. And I said, no, Bob, zero, all the way back. Like, put your hand <laughs> yeah. back down yeah. on his, you know, yeah. on his give it back. You picked up and you, you got the result that you needed. You got the correction. You got the fix. You got the maneuver, whatever it was. But then put that dang hand back down and stop holding your horse together. Because that's exactly what he was doing. I mean, he was still, uh, he said, hey, can you lope off? And then halfway back, he's still saying, can you lope off? Can you lope off? Can you lope off? And this horse is starting to go, why are you still asking yeah. me something? <laughs> what is going like, on? Like, and so there was never that that release. And so, um, and, and we do some fun. Like, I love to do corners with my clients. Um, I'll have, And I don't even care if they're pretty. Like, I'll tell them, stop, stop. Stop worrying about making everything so perfect. Correct. Let's just make a maneuver. Even if we could make it pretty later. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Horse training does not have to be perfection or pretty all the time. We, can, You know, that's our goal. But if you think you're going to go in the training pen and keep everything just like it is, well, the horse will never learn, you yeah. know, and that's where, you know, like we talked earlier, it's okay to let them mess up a little bit, and then they learn what not to do. Um, you don't need to punish them or crucify them for it. It's just, hey, that wasn't the right thing, and you stay in there till they get it right. So I love to do corners. I'll take my clients out and say, now, you, you put your hand all the way down, you're going to pick up, turn the corner, you're going to put your hand back down. Yep. And guess what? They may wander or drift. You pick your hand up, put them back on that, put your hand back down, and just get them loosened up where they just learn to lift and put back down. And because, you know, people get rigid. You know, they get out there and they want to make everything just right, and they kind of stiffen up and, and just getting them. And we exaggerate it, you know, all lengthen their reins out there where they really have to kind of pick up to make contact. Just loosens them up a little bit and gets them moving, and then we can always go back and refine that stuff. And man, so these corners will be wonky and big and wide and kind of a half circle. And and then as the exercise goes, we start to get really precise, and they'll front end will start to lift up, and those horses will start to make a really nice corner. And guess what? They get way more responsive once that horse figures out, oh, we're turning a corner. Well, they barely get their hand lift up, and these suckers are coming across, lifting those shoulders up, and all of a sudden, 
now they got to stay in the middle because you know, horses in a nice enough corner <laughs> that uh, and they're like that's what it it, it it means more to the horse when you could get out of the way so then when you do lift your hands they're like hey i got a job to do and when you drop your hand they're like okay i'm good and so man they get crisp they get really handy and really feely and and i just love to see it doesn't take very long to to just see a transformation when, and when somebody's hands really start to mean more to a horse well, and I think that's the biggest challenge in riding horses, period, is how do you how do you teach feel, right? That's inherently difficult to do. But the other side of it is like you talked about with Bob, right? Is it, um, I've been just as guilty. Your perception of what you're physically doing is far different than what you're actually doing. So it always pays, yep. right, to ride with somebody with far greater experience or even like what I've done is uh, I don't have the opportunity to ride with a lot of people. So I just ride and film it, right? I get a yep. little uh, robotic camera out there that follows me around the arena and I watch yep. film because that's what I did as an athlete growing up, right? You watch film and that's how you make sure. your own, you make your own corrections. You and, and, and a second thing that I changed as far as theory, and it sounds very, very counterintuitive, right? When you're doing the building blocks of any skill set, right? You're trying to, I was trying to do everything correct, every single step, right? And I was right. trying to show the horse all the right things to do. When, when I changed, a, changed my approach to kind of showing the horse what were not the right things to do, it more clearly right. defined what the correct thing was. So it's getting out in the arena and understanding, hey, let's go make mistakes today and we'll work together yep. through this and we'll communicate and we'll get to what is correct. And yep. it seemed like taking that approach and not having that anxiety or fear of not making that perfect corner like you talked about, right? Or not not sure. having the pressure of that perfect straight stop yep. Uh, yep. And, and let a horse yep. kind of wash out a little bit and then you just correct them back into what is straight, you know? It, it, you bet. It helped – tremendously in I noticed the biggest benefit of the horse mentally right the horse would come off of, of stress and pressure way quicker uh, when yep. we were under stress and pressure of performance you know loping or higher speed stuff you could get relaxation out of that horse rather than having to be muscle bound or leaning on you or whatever and uh, right. it's just been it's been an incredible journey it's 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 almost addicting, right? To try to feel like, can I get a little bit more sensitive or a little bit more softer, a little bit quicker for that horse or get right to what the perfect cue is and then give it all back. And, uh, yep. it's, it's tough. It's challenging, but that's the joy. and That's the beauty of it. It is. And then, you know, the flip side is, and I think even past that, when you start to communicate to your horse, when you get in, you get out, you get in, you get out. Mm-hmm. Right. And then that's where, you know, a little timing comes into play and how much you cue. And you, and you don't want your horse riding around brace for impact. Yes. <laughs> or brace for a pull. You know, and one yeah. of the best things a horse guy said to me was, was your horse has to be prepared. Your horse has to be ready to take a pull or understand how to take a pull. So that means if Josh is riding around, right, and I'm on a loose rein and my horse is, man, he's getting really broke and he's really soft and he guides well and I just pick my hand and he moves off a rein or whatever the case may be. Well, there's got to come that day where I'm going to go, Oh crap! I miss a turn. Come here. Yep. And I'm going to have to take a hold of him and say, "Come here." <laughs> and he has to, you know what I mean. And yep. then he has to be prepared yep. for that, yep. and and not just physically, but mentally prepared for that. Hey, I need you, and I need you right now. Yes. And I can't have his head coming upside down or him trying to, you know what I mean. And so that's where a little bit of that, the you know, advancing from all, from all that is like now I'm going to start to expect him to be correct fast. Yeah. So I'm going to surprise him. I'm going to be loping around on that honor circle, and I'm going to come from nowhere and pick up and cut across the middle. Yep. And and let him work. No, I'm not. That doesn't mean I'm just snatching him or anything. You know, I'm not trying to create a problem, but I'm going to to surprise him, right? And we all talk about everybody wants self carriage in a horse rider or, or self collection. Well, 
you can mechanically hold that horse together. We could all pick our hands up, lay a leg on, shove them up into the bridle, and ride around and make it look really good, right? Yes, yes. Um, and that horse is hating every second of it. Yeah, and most people, they're, you know, if you didn't know any better, you're looking, oh, man, that horse lopes around really nice, and look at that. Oh, man, he's really gathered up. And, and uh, well, I'm going to tell you something. You take that same horse and you loosen him up, right? And maybe he strings out, right? I'm not going to let him, yeah. all right? Yeah. Pick up, pick him up together, make a corner, throw him away. Yep. Pick him up, make a corner, throw him away. You need that about, you know, just random, right? Pretty soon, he's going to go, gee whiz, it's a lot easier for me if I kind of stay, keep myself halfway together and prepared to make that turn. I don't know when that jack wagon up there is riding me is going to want to turn. So I kind of need to be ready for it. Yeah. Right? And they yeah. start to develop this own way of carrying themselves, right? But if we just ride around holding them together all the time, they never develop that. Correct. Right? They're, yes. they're never any good apart from us or without us, right? But that horse that you're getting out of the way, right, and and teaching and training to take a pull, teaching and training to be ready when you need them and, and stay where you put them when you're not, you know, when your hands are down and everything's fine, you stay right there. Um, and, uh, boy, it just makes them really, really fun to ride and really practical because we don't, you know, I cowboy race. We don't have a choreographed set of maneuvers. We cannot go out there and, and we, there's never, you can't plan for, for every turn. You can't plan. It might be 45 degrees over your left shoulder. It might be, uh, left, right, 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 stop, back up, now go, you know, and yeah, so those horses too much have to, to it. be, um, listening, you know, mm-hmm. and I can't, if mm-hmm. I pick my hands up and I manhandle them through all that, well, I'm not going to have much of a horse when I'm, when I'm through with it. Yeah. And that's why I was so excited when you brought up this talking point, because, I mean, it's so universal, right? It can, it can be applied to nearly everything that we do with the horse. And, and you talk about uh, riding that horse's face, right? Heavy in the reins and things of that sort. When when yep. you really focus on the feel side of things and really give back, I mean, truly give back to that horse, going back to zero like you talked about. When you are in that high-speed maneuver and you need to pull that horse around for whatever reason, right? That horse knows yep. that, hey, we're going to be in this for a second, but respectfully, I'm going to get the reins back. I'm going to go back to even just in a bit, yep. right? Whereas you hold on that horse's head, hold on that horse's head, and then go for that big ask again. That horse doesn't know. And it's a, fr- nope. how long, how long is this going to last? How long are you going to be jerking on my head? And that's when you get those horses yeah. that are just going to bury into fences, run off with people, yep. right? And just cannot respond. Yep. They so, get defensive. They get, yeah. they get anxiety. You know, if you're riding around and let's say you got 30 pounds of pressure on your reins, right? Yeah. Well, then... It means a heck of a lot less when you pull for 20, you know, maybe you pull up to 50. Yeah. Well, now you ain't got nothing, you know, it's just when you're riding around with zero pounds of pressure, 10 pounds means a whole lot. Yeah, it's true. If that it's makes true. sense for some people, yeah. you know, if you put into that that perspective, it's like, man, if if you come from nothing to something, it means it's going to mean a whole lot. But if you've already got a lot of pressure, there's this dollar and then it just, you know, you know, mm-hmm. so it takes more over time, it takes more and more and more uh, to get the maneuver. Yeah. So do you have like an introductory drill or something that you work with an, a rider on when trying to introduce this topic? I mean, I would think, and you talk about the honor circle, right? I, I would think sure. something as simple as walking that horse in that circle, just calm and relaxed as a rider, right? You are literally yep. at zero. You let that horse wander off, let's say wander outside that circle. And I would yep. think to develop the feel portion of it, we're not talking about the mechanics, we're talking about the feel portion yep. of it, right? You slowly start to introduce those cues, 
with gentle increases in pressure right over time until you get that desired response. And you might just get the flick of an ear or the shift of a body weight at first, right? But eventually you're going to want to pick that progression up to where you're getting hooves striding back towards that circle, that desired circle. I mean, what what is your approach in that in developing developing the rider's feel? So the first thing I teach every time I'm going to South Carolina next weekend, I'll do a clinic. And I know it's a cowboy, but we're going to start with the basics. And I want... Hip control. I want to be able to move my hips. I want to be able to move my shoulders. I want to be able to, you know, move my face. All these in the, all these parts independently, right? Mechanically, I want to be able to, you know, tip my nose to the right, shove my shoulder to the left, in a counter arc or whatever. I'll mm-hmm. teach all mm-hmm. that, right? Um, to start, that's the first thing I want. I want all that control, and then I'm going to start putting those horses on an honor circle. I always teach this, and so it's like, look, you pick you out a rock or a 14 foot circle or a cone or whatever the case may be. Um, and you put your hand, you put your horse on that circle, put your hand down, and see if you can maintain that distance off that rock. And I tell them, watch the rock, because your body, that's going to put your body in a position to kind of guide and help guide that horse. They'll soften up around your inside leg, and they'll start to, if you ride your horse that way, they're going to kind of want to naturally go that way. Mm-hmm. But I said, every time you leave them alone, put it, and we started to walk, but every time they kind of fall away from the rock, pick up, put them back, put your hand down. All right. If they fall in, you could pick up, move that shoulder out. Cause I just taught them to do a counter arc, right? And we can, now we could pick up our inside rein and move our shoulder over. So they fall in on your rock. You could pick up, but make it clear. Don't hold them. I'll tell them, you know, don't, you guys are going to want to naturally, you're going to want to try to keep them from making that mistake. But that's the point is that right here, while it's slow and in control, we'll loosen those reins up real big and, and start to let them make those subtle mistakes. And then we could exaggerate, you know, if a horse is really, really, really wanting to fall out, like, will they just pick them up, go across the middle? If I have to, we'll pick them up and we'll turn them around a couple of times. And I don't mean like, let's make a pretty little turnaround. We're going to take a hold of their nose and lighten up that front end and say, hey, front end, you need to be thinking right. You need to be thinking right. You need to be, if I'm in the right circle, of course. Correct. Think right. Think right. Think. And then put my hand way back down, right back to that circle. So I'll get in and fix. And get back out. And again, it starts to loosen them up because that's the biggest problem I think some people. It's like get them loosened up, get them working. And uh, uh, that's one of my favorites. And then I like to do things like the counter arc is something I really like because I'll have people tip that nose to the right mechanically, right? Mm -hmm. So they're going to hold the nose. Mm -hmm. But then ride their horse's body to the left. Mm Mm-hmm. So you've just taken away, right? You've taken yeah. away the the direct You know, you got his nose pointed to the right. He, got, you know, most people the horse going to be thinking. Now you have to use your body and your eye. So I'll have them look left and ride left, and start operating. Just hold that right rein, and that horse will begin to soften up, and you know, soften that cheek up, soften that side up. And now, my students now, well, man, you know, and I'm talking a pretty big circle. You know, it may be thirty, forty feet. Yes, um, yes. But and and and. I love, I've got a round pin sitting in the middle of my pen right now, and I love using it because it kind of keeps me honest. My horse can't see it. His nose is tipped off to the right, but I'll be riding that horse around that to the left and trying to maintain the same distance off of that. And so then I could kind of separate, and now I could use my feet and my body and my eyes, and my horse has to feel that, right? So now I'm I'm kind of riding him off a field while I mechanically took away the direct, um, you know, took away his face. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's two things at once, essentially, if that makes sense. Oh, it absolutely does. And and that's the thing. I think as a rider, we need to exaggerate 
a lot of our responses, right? We think we're picking up a horse's barrel. We think we're picking up a horse's head. And we're usually a little bit more heavy on the pulling than we are on the giving. Right. But when we give, like, over-exaggerate that give. And we talked yep. a little bit before. Uh, I was specifically working with lead departures on my horse, right? And I wanted to make yep. sure that I was giving... I was giving back to that horse greater than the effort he was putting in to help me out, yep. right? So I would literally, and this isn't for everybody, but I would literally let go of those reins as soon as that horse was in that correct response. Sure. And we would just ride relaxed. And obviously, I'd keep an eye on the reins, make sure they're not falling off the horse for safety purposes and things of that sort. Yep. But for me personally and where I'm at and my riding skill and style and what I'm trying to accomplish, that's what I needed to do to yep. make sure that I was completely giving because I didn't want to be that hot half-cocked give, right? And right. I've been it, right? Where you think you're giving and, and you're asking with 10 or 15 pounds of pressure and you're giving back two or three versus giving back right. all of it, you know? So all of it. I think as a yep. rider, you need to experiment with some stuff as safely as you possibly can. Experiment with some yep. stuff and go outside of your comfort zone as far as movement yep. and feel and just see what your horse gives you in return. And, and you might be yep. pleasantly surprised with it. Oh, absolutely. You know, I think if I could give any advice, be in or out. Yes. If you're going to get in and fix something, get in and fix something, and then get out. Yeah, yeah. Stop jacking around, you know, nitpicking and holding and, and, and see what you got. And just like that, lead. I mean, just for fun, take your reins, reach down and grab the front of your pad, lay an outside leg on, see if you can get a right lead departure. Yeah. Without using your hand, you know, without yeah, lifting yeah. them up, without physically, mechanically picking them up, you know, just see if you could leave your hand down and and see if you could lay a leg on. I'm and, gonna go get that shot right now. We get done. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I mean, I usually lay an outside leg on, and then I'll use an inside leg to kind of touch that inside shoulder, kind of lift that inside shoulder up and lope off. So, however, whatever your normal departure is yeah. for everybody out there, but just challenge yourself, man. See how minimal. See, see what the minimum is. Yeah. See how yeah. little you could do to get the results you want, or if it's corners or whatever the case may be. Well, look right and just remember, barely pick that rein up and see what kind of results you can get with a minimum effort. And that's where you really start to to get a partnership. I mean, it's just, and it's fun. It's it's absolutely amazing. I'll never forget riding a horse, I don't know, a couple of years ago. Took a big old jump, and this colt was not a great jumper, but I mean, he loosened me up, and I was not helping him, Right. But that horse on his own went to the next obstacle. It was a bridge, right? I was not in the driver's seat. I was out. <laughs> okay, I was I was trying to recover, and and we don't drill obstacles, right? We don't obstacle here at Shunar. We don't we don't just drill obstacles to death, right? They're yes. honestly, you know, maybe one day a week they get to go over there. It's a shaded course, and we get to go over there and we cool off, mm-hmm. and we might mm-hmm. go do a couple obstacles. It's not like we set this stuff up and we just drill it. So this horse isn't necessarily, you know, it's not like he's done it so much, but, but, you know, I rode him enough and, and, and rode him with the expectation of, Hey, when I point you somewhere or, you know, I'll do that, man, I'll, I'll pick out a spot and it may just be a board out there and I'm going to ride to point A to point B and expect them to go to point A. And, you know, I didn't dictate any difference. So yeah, that little horse saved my butt, ended up winning that race because, I was in the back seat. I wasn't there to help him. He went right to the bridge, right down the middle, and it was coming off the other side of the bridge before I finally got my stuff back in the <laughs> Realized what was going on. But that's a, that's what I mean by partnership. I mean, where I failed, I was not there to help that horse or guide that horse, and and but he knew his job enough and was confident enough 
that, hey, I don't know what you're doing, but there's a bridge here. So yeah, hey, yeah, uh, we, we got a bridge we got to take care of. You're going to come along for the ride or what? Yeah, yeah. What are you, what are you doing up there? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you coming? <laughs> so, uh, and that's what, man, it makes these horses you know, a lot of fun. It is exciting. It is exciting. And that's the greatest thing about it is it's just, there's so much trial and error in it. And I think, uh, collectively we as riders need to be more forgiving of ourselves in the learning process. Uh, we're not as good yep. as we think we are and we shouldn't hold ourselves to that standard. I mean, go out and see what comes of it and te- be willing to test yourself, be willing to test your horse, uh, do it obviously yep. in a controlled, safe environment. Um, but understand yep. that a horse not getting it right the first few times, like, you're you're on the right track. Your horse is not failing, right? That's part of communication, and yep. and with due time and understanding mechanics and understanding feel and how the two work together, uh, success yep. is inevitable. Yep, you bet. Good you stuff. Bet. Absolutely. You know, and I want to make one point before we before we hang up. There are some disciplines, right, where people ride with contact, right? Mm-hmm. Like you know, mm-hmm. dressage and things. I actually took a dressage lesson last night. Mm-hmm. You know, but those that are really good at it, even though those riders are riding what, what some might consider super tight rein, those horses are not dependent. They're they're soft in that rein. There are some that lope around, and, man, there's a lot of tension there, yeah. right? But when that's done correctly, those horses are softened and yielding, and you could cut those reins, and the rider nor the horse is going to change Yes, all yes. of a sudden, right, if they broke off, right? So I don't want to... Um, take away anything from another discipline, another way of riding, because you could still ride off a of feel, even though you're riding with what some would consider contact. There's a way to ride with contact, and there's a way not to ride with contact. I think to that point, contact and pressure are two different things. Absolutely. Right. Um, yep. Absolutely. And and I and I want to make that point because it's it's not fair to you know i absolutely appreciate all disciplines and yeah. uh and you could you could still ride just because somebody has contact doesn't mean they're not a good rider or not yeah. riding off yeah. the feel or yeah. that horse isn't very broke um but it's just uh, uh much more subtle and we exaggerate it right in the training pen i like absolutely. to throw my horses out away and see what happens and then pick them back up now you're not going to see me go compete with drapey old rain, right? <laughs> it's because I do that out here in the warm up, you know, in the training yeah. pen or whatever, yeah. to see what I have. It's my job to come in and, and help my horse compete and get through that, right? I'm mm-hmm. not, that doesn't mean mm-hmm. I'm going to check out and go yeah. to the back seat, yeah. slide behind the saddle and just go along for the ride, yeah. right? But if I train my horse in such a way that he could almost do it on his own, then my help and our our partnership is going to be that much more significant. Yeah, it's a, I mean, it's a theory. It's a, it's a piece of the puzzle, right? It's a tool in the trade, per se. It's not an absolute. Right. Uh, it's just something that that I think a lot of people... I know in my experience, I was apprehensive, right, to, to make so many mistakes. I was afraid of failing. And right. once I got out of my own way in that regard, it was incredible to see how fast the progression took place in the positive direction by making more yep. mistakes. Yep. Yeah. Good You're stuff, exactly Josh. Right. Man, well, I thank you very much for coming on again. Uh, return trip to Let Freedom Rain podcast and being featured here in this A Little More Rain episode. And as always, man, we uh, definitely appreciate all your help and all your contributions. And if there's anything that we can do for you here in the future, you know, uh, don't hesitate. Just give me a call. We'll do it, my friend. And, and you do the same. We appreciate you guys and, and uh, looking forward to it. All right, brother. We'll talk down the road. You bet. Hey, thanks for riding along with another episode of Let Freedom Reign podcast and being part of our freedom family. If you want to provide greater support of this show, visit patreon.com forward slash Let Freedom Reign podcast. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com 
forward slash Let Freedom Reign Podcast. And Reign is spelled R-E-I-N. There you can provide a donation, and it costs less than the fancy cup of coffee you're probably holding, to help us produce free weekly content. For collaborations, to book us as a guest for your next event, or to make guest recommendations, email us at info.lfrpodcast at gmail.com. For the most up-to-date information on Let Freedom Reign, visit our Facebook and Instagram page at Let Freedom Reign Podcast. Additionally, you can find us on Twitter at Let Freedom Reign underscore. We cannot thank you enough for being our most loyal listeners, and we'll see you on the next one.